Welcome back to EV News Daily. Coming up today, Jeep Prep, the US EV launch of their vehicles. Rivian will open up their charging network and the Lyric tax credit. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you more about what the Chinese battery makers are saying about the current state of overcapacity and what it means for falling prices. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Wherever you are in the world, EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information. End of the week, Sunday 25th of February, I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. Now, if you'd like to get the podcasts ad-free, a reminder that our Patreon supporters, uh, the legends of Patreon who put this show on the air, uh, in your dashboard, uh, you get a little uh, unique RSS feed, and that is just the feed for this podcast where you copy-paste it into your pod app, uh, whatever you use on your phone, your tablet, it's yours, and it strips out the ads. Or rather, I have to publish this show twice, and this version that you're listening to on Patreon has no ads. The free version, which will always be free, by the way, I get a little bit of money for running those ads. I don't know what they are because my host inserts them according to your IP address, but either way... That's what the Patreon thing is all about. Now, let's start with Jeep and their first EV. Uh, The Wagoneer SUV is going to be the first one. The Wagoneer S, actually. That is down for production in Q2, with the US deliveries beginning in Q3. Now, the company's new CEO in North America, Antonio Filosa, hints at the electric uh, Wrangler like Recon also being around before the end of the year. We're debuting, so we get to see it. Now, Jeep enters the EV market uh, to compete against the likes of Rivian's R1S and Volkswagen's upcoming Scout brand. The Wagoneer S looks really, really special. 600 horsepower, 0 to 60 miles an hour, a 3.5 seconds for a vehicle this big as the Wagoneer S. That is just ridiculous. Signaling Jeep's commitment, they say, to high performance. It'll be the first vehicle to that we see on the Stellantis STLA Large platform, one of the four platforms from Stellantis, and it's targeting a range of 400 miles. And I think it needs to, because unless you've got a, a vehicle that big, that expensive, unless 400 miles or there or thereabouts is on the cards, it's going to lose out to the likes of the Rivian R1S. Jeep has shown off the interior, for instance, lovely mix, I think, of physical buttons, digital displays in there as well, and their famous kind of select terrain system. So very Jeepy stuff in there. Now, the upcoming Recon model will be a rugged, all-electric SUV, probably the wrong word, um, with inspiration from the iconic off-road capabilities of the Wrangler. The Recon will complete the uh, Rubicon Trail and return to recharge all in one day, they say, indicating both a big battery, but that sort of signifies the intent when they say it'll do the Rubicon Trail uh, and have loads of battery to spare for what they think this vehicle will will be able to do. Both the Wagoneer S and the Recon will be on this large platform supporting up to 118 kilowatt hours of battery, but it might be smaller than that with a range of up to 500 miles, but it might be smaller than that and be an 800-volt architecture. Now, let's talk a little bit about this weekend, some news coming out of a US trade group warning against Chinese EV imports through the back door of Mexico. A US manufacturing trade group is calling for action against Chinese vehicle imports via Mexico, citing risks to the American economy and the automotive industry. The group is urging the Biden administration to close any loopholes that might exist, allowing a Chinese car maker 
to build the vehicle in Mexico and to export it to North America, to the United States, uh, and any of the benefits that would come with that. There's concern that vehicles and parts made in Mexico by Chinese firms could receive preferential treatment and qualify for any kind of tax credit. The debate intensifies with the reports recently we heard from the likes of BYD, which has a factory in Mexico, uh, potentially leveraging those cost advantages. BYD's expansion into Mexico and their status as the world's number one EV seller now, overtaking Tesla, highlights the competitive pressure that's coming from the Chinese. Now, Ford this weekend have temporarily paused F-150 Lightning deliveries for what they say is a quality review, and it's unspecified from what I gather it Well, I've been told it's something to do with the lights. So not just the Lightning EVs, but the Ford F-150s as well. All models of the 2024 model year. Um, Production continues, but there's a a, a stop sale or a stop delivery at the moment. Not a stop sale, but a stop delivery. Um, Shipments had commenced in January, but they will stop for now. And we'll wait to get a resolution of that. Like I say, I've kind of read some stuff that it's to do with a a new part in or around uh, the lighting that wasn't on the old F-150s, and that has uh, caused them to say, oh, we might just need to modify that part slightly um, for safety. Totally understandable. Now, this is great news. Rivian are opening up their adventure network. Now, it's not the biggest network by any means, and it certainly hasn't hit the levels of which they promised when they announced this all those years ago with those crazy numbers. Oh, there's going to be a bazillion of them. Let's just get a few of them in the ground. And that's what they've done. And it's and it's great that they've done that. And it, it's really difficult to put chargers in the ground, not just to build the hardware, but to get the land and to get the grid connections. Now, they're going to open up their own network to all EVs by the end of the year, echoing Tesla's approach. The Rivian Adventure Network has 400 DC fast chargers in 67 locations in the United States. And it's intended to offer uh, EV drivers access to more fast charging. And also, and this is important, it allows Rivian to now leverage the government grant money aimed at expanding the infrastructure. Rivian chargers use the CCS1 standard and will become accessible to any EV that uses, is able to use CCS1. No plan at the moment to move them all all over to the new J3400 standard, formerly known as the Tesla Connector. Um, The move is partly motivated by financial reasons. The US government unlocking $7.5 billion for EV charging infrastructure. Networks like Rivian's will gain increased revenue through higher usage, which is the key. If they can be plugged in all the time, that's the dream, uh, which helps uh, settle those, those, those costs. Mentioned this recently, the Cadillac Lyric is once again eligible for the US tax credit in 2024. Got some more details coming in um, about this. Just a reminder that the new rules coming in for the federal tax credit, uh, the battery components made by firms of foreign entities of concern, FEOCs, mean that some vehicles don't get it. And so I told you recently how GM parent company of Cadillac had to adjust the components. Now, the Lyric is made in Tennessee, and GM had to be covering that $7,500 federal tax credit themselves. Didn't have to, but they did. Now, similar adjustments have affected other car makers. Uh, The Chevy Blazer 
was affected. Ford and Volkswagen also navigating this 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 new set of rules and the changing eligibility for their own EVs. Now, Ford's Mustang Mach-E lost its tax credit eligibility, and that led to price reductions in North America. Volkswagen's ID4, I can tell you, now qualifies for the full federal tax credit for the model year 2024 using battery cells made by SK On in Georgia. It's pretty complicated, but it's good news when these vehicles do eventually get those uh, those benefits. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, let's talk about Shell actually shutting down their hydrogen stations. Um, this is in in America, and Shell has stopped operations of six of its seven. So it's not they didn't have hundreds of them, but they had seven hydrogen refueling stations in California. Shell have said that its supply issues and market factors. Now, they are attempting to sell one of those seven to the one in Torrance uh, to keep it operational, but to sell it to somebody else. Now, Shell's focus is shifting towards, if they are doing anything with hydrogen, it'll be heavy duty or industrial, and not people driving passenger cars and refilling. The company's increasing their investment in EV charging infrastructure as part of their uh, sort of energy solutions business. The decision follows a similar shutdown here in the UK two years ago and a winding down of the hydrogen infrastructure. Despite initial plans in 2020 to expand the hydrogen network, uh, there was even a a proposed $40 million grant from California. Shell abandoned the plans and gave up the grant. Uh, Challenges like Uh, Well, there's permitting. That's huge for a start. Uh, There's the construction costs, which are huge. There's unreliable equipment, inconsistent hydrogen supply, and it's just not worth Shell's while to do it. Now, Toyota Mirai customers are obviously going to be affected by this. Toyota are trying to sweeten the deal. Uh, They're giving them $30,000 in cashback. Um and there's financing options, there's free fuel, and Toyota are kind of admitting, hey, we sold you a car, we know you can't refill it. And some Toyota Mirai owners have just got a higher car from Toyota for the duration of their finance period, and the Mirai just sits in the driveway, not going anywhere, because you can't refill them anymore. Uh, Well, California's retail hydrogen station count is dropping. Only 33 stations are actively supplying it now, and some of those are even out of order as of the last time I checked. And so I feel sorry for those hydrogen owners that or or leases were were sold a dream, um, which I think they've been let down. Um, Some knew what they were getting into. I think some people took it on trust that that it was going to expand. And we're seeing it go the other way. I think before too long, I think we'll see all those stations uh, shut down and hydrogen will focus on, you know, shipping and aviation and heavy trucking and stuff like that. So, uh, right, uh, if you uh, take a quick break and then when I come back, we'll talk about China's EV battery sector having some overcapacity, let's call it that. Uh, But we'll take a quick break back in a sec. Now, if you'd like the podcast ad-free, by the way, uh, well, you can have it that way uh, because uh, there's a Patreon page, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. And in case you were thinking, well, it's kind of a little hobby thing for this guy um, uh, and that he makes some extra money that way. Well, it used to be years ago, but this is now my full-time job. Uh, what a crazy world we live in that people can make a living as, a, as an independent content creator funded by you. 
I, honestly, it blows up. I spent 20 years in traditional media, uh, running radio stations, being a you know, on national radio and what have you. And the idea that this is now a job that I now feed my family and pay my mortgage because of you on Patreon, it's kind of mind-blowing. It, 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 I find it strange every day, um, and I, I never take it for granted. But there we go. Uh, so it's patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. One of the bonus, bonuses and benefits is you get an ad-free feed. Now, Tesla is being urged to start its Mexican factory construction Next month in March, Nuevo Leon's governor, Samuel Garcia, has called on Tesla to commence construction of their new factory. They want construction to start as soon as possible. Elon's been dragging his feet and been talking recently about high interest rates and we don't need another factory and we're going to build Cybertruck in America and, you know, the, the next project will be done in America and, and, and Mexico, I think, is feeling left out right now. Uh, the request from the governor aims to light a fire underneath Tesla's expansion and manufacturing capabilities in Mexico. Elon Musk talked about high interest rates and the uncertain global economy, underscoring why he pressed pause on Mexico. And finally, China's lithium-ion battery industry is navigating a phase of market adjustment with expectations to reach profitability by next year. According to Sealand Securities reporting today, analysts predicting a significant oversupply in the lithium market this year. They project excess supply uh, to jump this year as well. Uh, The cooling demand for EVs in some countries has led to a build-up of inventory in places and financial strain across some parts of the battery supply chain industry. That has prompted fierce pricing competition. An industry forecast suggesting that a smaller battery manufacturer might end up exiting the market and only the big ones will survive. Leading battery and lithium mining firms might not even see profit until 2025. This new report highlights the growing gap between the top tier battery makers and everybody else and many in the latter category facing losses and like i say oversupply in the marketplace meaning lower battery prices meaning cheaper cars for you and i right so at the end of the day when it all shakes out probably a good thing for the buyer and the consumer but there'll be some bumps along the way for those in the industry and that is your podcast for today. Thanks to our premium partners, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse Global Public Charging Made Simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments. All the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good one. See you next week. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.